Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 514. Look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. Let's read our passage. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. This is Paul's letter to the Roman church. He's writing it from Corinth on his third missionary journey. Paul's intention is to come to Rome. He hasn't been invited, and there's no apostle that has founded the church in Rome. So Paul's trying to make the case that he could come and be an assistance to them and help them and receive mutual benefit from them. But his desire is to come and help them to strengthen the church in Rome, since Rome is the capital of the Roman Empire. Let's uh, dive into it. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Paul says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven. Well, let's start right there. One, let's mention wrath. Wrath is something people don't like to think about from God. And a lot of people are really turned off by it, the idea of a wrathful God. Well, that's the Old Testament God. The New Testament God is a nice God. Well, it's not like God changed. and It's not like there's a God of the Old Testament, a God of the New Testament. There is God. And the idea of wrath, it's, well, we understand what wrath is, but the idea of Wrath of God? That just sounds so so mean. We like to think of God as nice. The Bible says a lot about the wrath of God. Hundreds of times the Bible mentions the wrath of God. We'll talk more about wrath when we get to chapter 3, because there's one particular word, uh, propitiation, that uh, is used, and we have to really talk about the, the wrath of God when we talk about propitiation. But the big thing to think about is... When we talk about things like salvation and being saved, saved from what? Well, some people say, well, saved from sin. Well, sin is not something to be saved from. They will save from hell. Well, what is hell? Well, that's experienced in the wrath of God. And so often when we talk about being saved, what we're really saying is being saved from the wrath of God. And, and God's wrath is his holy, H-O-L-Y, response to sin. God is perfect. God is sinless. God is holy. And what is a holy response to sin? Well, it's wrath. And so the wrath of God is a a biblical, well, it's a clear biblical thing, and it's part of the gospel that uh, we need to be saved from the wrath of God through forgiveness of that sin, which is what incurs the wrath of God. So God's wrath is revealed from heaven. You know, talk about revealed, because this is parallel to the verse we covered last time, verse 17, where he said, for in it, talking about the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So verse 17, that the righteousness of God is revealed. Verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed. These are very parallel, so the, the meanings are probably very similar. So I want to argue about 
what the meaning here is. The wrath of God revealed. That's the end times. Well, the righteousness God revealed, that's not just the end times. That's here and now. That's both a historical issue and something to be known. So when we talk about revealed, sometimes it, okay, revealed meaning something brought into knowledge. Sometimes revealed being something shown or something done. And I think it means both of those things. So as far as something being known, what was clear, he was talking about the gospel in verse 17. And I think that's what he's talking about here. How, how is the righteousness of God and the wrath of God revealed as far as knowledge through the gospel? People being told about the righteousness of God and the wrath of God. But also as a historical fact. And so the righteousness God revealed through what Jesus Christ has done. The wrath of God being revealed, that's the section we're entering now. He's going to talk about it. And the next time we'll cover verses 21 through 31, in which he's going to talk several times about people being handed over because of their sinfulness. And I think that's the here and now. The Basically, the corruption of the world is the evidence of the wrath of God. And it's only getting worse and going to get worse. And if you think that's bad, then wait till the end times. So the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven, something that is going on right now that God is doing, but also something that's being brought to knowledge through the gospel. And it's revealed against all godlessness and unrighteousness. Now these are two different words. Godlessness means basically unreligion, and unrighteousness means just that, non-righteousness. And we talked last time about righteousness, the, the root word D-I-K, dick. Well, unrighteousness is adikia, which is non-righteous. It's pretty straightforward there. But is there really a difference? Yeah, in definitions, you can make a difference. I think Paul's just using them together because you see these words often together. I think he's making the point here of those who rebel against God, against things that God does and God's standards. So godlessness and unrighteousness, I think you just take that together as a single thing. We kind of understand what that is. And the godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Well, how do you suppress the truth? Well, truth is used kind of in a dual fashion in the New Testament. Truth is something you know. It's also something you do. Just Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, he's not something you know, but he represents the truth. His life represents the truth. So truth is both a, a thing of knowledge, but also a, a way of life, a, a thing you do. And both those aspects, I think, are meant here as far as suppressing the truth, putting down the knowledge of God and his righteousness, but also denying the actions of righteous people. And this is what God's wrath is coming against. Now, like I said next time we'll go through uh, verses 21 through 31. He's going to specifically talk about the categories of this ungodliness and righteousness and how it suppresses the truth and what God's response to that is. So these people, unrighteous and ungodly, are suppressing the truth. But God's response to that, verse 19 since what can be known about God is evident among them 
because God has shown it to them. So even though they're trying to suppress the truth, God is revealing the truth. People will suppress knowledge of God and deny actions of God. But the issue here is that God himself is revealing himself. People suppress truth, but God reveals truth. Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. Okay, this seems to be kind of a contradiction. In fact, this is linguistically called an oxymoron because it's the invisible attributes of God, but clearly seen. So it's invisible. You can't see them. But things about God, are you, you can't see his eternal power, divine nature. They're invisible, but they've been clearly seen since the creation of the world. And how's that work? Because of the creation of the world, because of what he has made. So this is what we call general revelation. Some people call it natural revelation. And this is some things you can know about God just by looking around. There's another kind of revelation called specific revelation or special revelation. That is, things God has specifically said to specific people. And that was what we call the Bible. The Bible is special revelation or specific revelation. as things that God has told people. You have to have access to the Word of God to know what's in the Word of God. But general revelation or natural revelation, that is available to anyone. Anyone who will just open their eyes and honestly look. Now, that's in contrast to those who are wanting to suppress the truth. Just look at the world around you. Look at people. And you can't honestly say, this all happened by chance. Now, people desperately want to say it all happened by chance. People desperately want to believe in evolution. Because then you can deny the existence of God. But it's hard to do. It takes a lot of faith to believe there is no God. Because the, the evidence... Look at the human body. Look at the, the world around us. That just, things like that don't happen by chance. It's too complex. The more we discover about the human body, the more complex it is. And that's why evolution requires long, long, long periods of time for these things to happen by chance. Trouble is, it's so complex that there isn't enough time for these things to happen by chance. And if people would honestly look at it, they really have to admit that. But they desperately don't want to admit it because they don't want to admit there's a God. Because they don't want to admit they're sinners and stand guilty before God. So they deny the truth, suppress the truth. But God has made it obvious to anyone who will look that he is there. And then he wraps up verse 20 with, as a result... People are without excuse. And that's the theme of this little passage here, is everyone is a sinner and guilty before God. They are without excuse because God has made his existence known. And this is apart from the gospel. He's revealed things about his righteousness and his wrath through the gospel. But you can know a lot about God just from nature. The fact that he's there 
but also some facts about his righteousness, just from things like what we call a conscience. Everyone has a conscience, and that's part of being created in the image of God, is having this innate thing that we're born with, this knowledge of good and evil. Everyone knows some basics of good and evil, the conscience, and that is part of being created in the image of God, part of natural revelation. You can see these things about God without ever hearing the gospel. And so, as a result, people are without excuse. Now, Paul's going to go on to talk about how that plays out through history and in reality. And before he goes into then, what's the solution to all this? Because this section is really hammering the issue that all persons are accountable to God for their sin. And then God's solution to that is, well, there's an opportunity to be forgiven of sin. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Romans.